Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. I'm Chris Sasser, and we are glad that you would join us today as we are just trying to be a voice of hope for you and your family and really to everyone in the community. And so today we are starting uh, kind of a, a series. Over the next several months, we will be talking off and on about a lot of different um, issues that people face in different areas of life. Um, Troy, because Lord knows we all have a lot of issues, don't we? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I see mine daily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm reminded often of right. the issues that I yeah. have. Um, and, and the way that we're going to go after this is to, to talk specifically over the course of a few of our shows about issues that men face specifically. We're going to talk about some issues that that women face. Don't worry, that's not just going to be me and Troy talking about that. We're going right. to involve some women in that. <laughs> that's probably the wise thing to do. <laughs> I know, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but Troy, as we, as we we start kind of jumping into kind of these these different issues that men face, I know this has been something you've wanted to to talk about for a while. So maybe just um, help people understand why we need to talk about, especially if you're a guy who's listening. Why do we need to dive into issues that we as men face? When I uh, do what I do throughout the week and in other uh, venues, I see so much of obviously men's uh, lives as well as the the difficulties they face and um of course we'll use the word issues <laughs> but because i am a man as well as just working with men uh, i think it's a, a part of our um, society at times that gets unattended to within our culture and i know that just uh, counselors themselves i would say for every you know 15 counselors uh, there may be one man <laughs> mm. and most of them are women and there's no, uh, you know, nothing negative in that at all other than we need more men. Yeah. <laughs> and so so seeing just men struggle in so many various ways, um, I just think it's a good platform to, to address uh, different issues because I think even though men may not come out stereotypically and, and say, hey, here's my struggle, I think men do struggle internally, uh, which is normal and, and actually good for, for growth if they uh, can feel the freedom to address those struggles. Do you find that a lot of men struggle with feeling that freedom to address these issues? Yes. <clears throat> I feel like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's, you know, there are the things that I, I'm so grateful for marriage life because married life has offered uh, to me and to Kim um, a place where, you know, I can talk uh, or feel the freedom to talk. And I know sometimes husbands and marriages don't feel that freedom. I believe that's a worthy goal to get it to that place to feel safe. Um, but men do feel more comfortable, I believe, uh, sometimes in friendships. And friendships are incredibly good and we need them. But I think men struggle even with friendships with other men, um, either from the standpoint of not even having them necessarily or not having many. Um, and if they have them, sometimes they seem to not move beyond um, what some might call surface, although I think having fun is incredibly important, and that's a value of mine. Um, I believe that men don't know how to transition into uh, 
soliciting within themselves a good conversation with other men. Yeah, and I would even say, like for me personally, over the last number of years, I, I have just been comfortable in stepping into asking some of my friends or some other men that I'm around of asking them the hard questions. I mean, I've, yeah. I've been in circles where, you know, you talk about the game and you talk about, you know, yeah. your kids and you talk about the, you know, the quote unquote surfacey things of life. And I've tried to just step in and ask a little bit of a deeper question right? to go to that next level. Right. Yeah. Um, and usually it works. That That's so interesting. Right. It's, it's more, I think it's, it's simple, but not easy Yeah, <laughs> because that's such a simple movement on your end. Yeah. But so many people are ready for that. Yes. More than we know if we would just go. I would agree. And, and, and I find, and not that I get this right, but I, I find that the, the, the little bit deeper question that I ask isn't even really that deep, <laughs> you know, but, but, but it's, it's, it's a step right. in to, towards that direction mm-hmm. that, you know, hopefully, you know, for me and, and what's been helpful for me is, you know, it, it, most circles you're in, you ask a question well, they're going to ask it back. Right. You know, what about you? How, yeah, are, how so are you with that? Are you ready so, yeah, right. Exactly. That. So you got to be ready. And, and that's the other thing is like, maybe we don't go there because we're afraid they'll go there. You know? I think that's a hundred percent true. hundred <laughs> so, percent true. But yeah. this is a, a, such a good topic, uh, especially in light of our, our spiritual journey. I, I think that we're, we're gr- going to grow along the lines of truth, meaning not truth as in the sense of what is just a right and a wrong, but truth as in how am I experiencing my life, be it right or wrong. What is it that's going on in me? And I mm-hmm. think, man, this is the picture of Jesus that he could take people where they are and transition with them into conversation that moved their life. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that sounds all good. But to be a recipient in that process, I think is such a, a richness to to people's lives. I was just struck this week speaking with someone, um, and the person just shared their story. And I, in those moments, I, I kind of sat back and I thought, this is a holy place. This is a place that I get to hear. This is a place that I was I was thinking, God, I, I don't need to say anything because it is so obvious that, that you're saying so much in this guy's life mm. with his story. So really, I, I self-reflected and go, I had a conversation with my wife even this morning that we can talk so easily about so much struggles in the world, the difficulties that we're all in right now. But listening to someone's story is like an art that's been lost. Yeah. And I want to I want to capture that again. One of the things that actually our pastor here has said a lot recently as we talk about quote unquote issues mm. is the phrase he'll use is tell me a name and tell me a story. Yeah. Uh, because it, it is different to step into talking about something when you're talking to someone and yeah. you know their story yeah. and what a privilege that is, yeah, right? To good. be able to be in that space yeah. with someone and be able to, 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 to maybe not even say anything, but just to be in that and story that with story. them. So good. I mean, and I, I love <clears throat> so many parts of church life uh, and I love, I love so many parts of the things that I do, but some of it is so directionally focused and, and so little of just doing what you just had, where you're you're sitting and you're waiting for the movement in that environment to lead you instead of you're leading the, that environment. Oh, that's movement. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because it's easy to, to, to get, you know, especially in, in church life, programmatic. 
and want to to push in that direction instead of just waiting and sitting in what God's doing in someone's life because it doesn't always feel productive. Yeah, you have to become (laughs) you have to become comfortable with a with more pause and silence Mm -hmm. because if you don't, you'll fill it up. Yeah, you know (laughs) that's right. (laughs) And so you kind of you walk over what you don't know. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're going to take uh, some time on the other side of our break talking about a specific men's issue that is probably the like blinking red light when it comes to men's issues. But there, there are a lot of issues mm. that men face. So maybe, Troy, talk just about a few of them before we get to the big one. What are some issues maybe that just that you see or you hear uh, men talking about that they're struggling with? Yeah, and you jump in on this as well. Yeah. You know, um, obviously a big one that seems to, to kind of glaringly point out uh, – in our lives regularly from different sources is just the issue of purity. And so mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. But also I think uh, one I was alluding to a little, little while ago was just uh, transitioning into friendships with other men and then transitioning into how do you go a, just a little more, a little deeper. Um, and just in that process, and what happens there? Um, I also would look at uh, just, um, you know, how to, to deal with some of the inadequacies that men really feel that they don't know how to share, Mm -hmm. you know, and how do we express ourselves in that process? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What do you, what comes to your mind? So for me, the one is actually what we talked about, um, in one of our recent shows, just the, uh, the pressure performance Mm -hmm. and how men, I think, you know, feel the pressure to perform in a lot of different areas of life. Certainly, you know, financially to provide for yourself and your family. Um, you know, there's there's the pressure to perform at work, not just for the financial gain, but just mm. I think men feel the the kind of the the, the need for prestige and notoriety and um, and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, there's there's just a pressure to perform almost everywhere in life that I think um, kind of cripples men in a lot of different ways. So that's that's the big one for me that that stands out. That's, yeah, that that is a huge one, especially uh, when I think of what you're saying about finances and and performance. And you know, I don't know a whole lot of people that haven't made mistakes along the way financially, and and just how that can wreck a man's uh, belief about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, based upon that performance and the pressure that we feel. Yeah, and I'll say another one that I, I think I'm I'm hearing a little bit, and, and it's pandemic specific, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it may be here to stay. Um, and it's just the the, the issue of, of isolation, yeah. and 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 which you know I, I think um, feeds some of the other issues that we have. But you know, we've all been kind of told to isolate, and and sure. You know, if you're married and if you have kids, you're isolating with your family. But yet, even in your home, you can isolate yeah. um, away from people. And so it's almost we've, we men have been given the freedom to isolate, yeah. which uh, or the even the encouragement to isolate, which I think, you know, plays into the difficulty in building friendships and a, a lot of the other things. And so yeah. um, I just wonder kind of where community comes in, not not yeah. just in kind of a a one-on-one relationship with a friend, but just participating in community, mm. church life, you know, other community places. Um, it's just uh, men have been kind of given a pass, yeah. especially in the last year to not have to do that. That's interesting. Cause I was thinking uh, this morning about, you know, when you're, it's so easy to try to go in and think, here's what you do to fix this, you know? And so we're in a pandemic and you're, you're somewhat, you know, short of being required to, to isolate. <laughs> 
And so, okay, so what are you going to, be able to do to fix this? Well, you either, you know, rebel and say, forget it, I'm not going to do it, but then find yourself going, well, then at some point I get isolated because I've offended. Because I'm doing one. that. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, what do you do to fix this? And, and so it's, my mind went to this place of what if we didn't have to necessarily fix this issue of having to isolate, but we've we instead learned how to treat isolation in a way where we're not experiencing isolation like fix like what if we went towards okay what do i do in the fact that now i'm inside all day yeah right you know what do i you know mm, maybe i need to learn to talk more to my children yes. and my wife and maybe i need to know how to do that maybe i need to learn new things inside of the house to to occupy my time that's not so you know, brain dead watching TV. Yeah, please step away from the device. <laughs> yeah, for one of the things that I've done recently, which may uh, classify me as getting old, but somehow I got interested in collecting uh, uh, quarters. All right, so this is really crazy. So I'm with my father-in-law, and we're talking about the different years, and he's uh, collecting uh, some uh, coins. And so I thought, well, that was interesting. So I started reading about coins. And quarters and the state quarters and the national monuments and the presidents that, that they made in dollars. So I've just started to collect and buy these little books. You're so a coin collector. Yeah, so it's like, what am I doing? Like, my kids are looking at me like, Dad, you're getting old. But, but, you know, it's just something to do that I never would have thought yeah. about. And I think, okay, this is okay. Yeah, that's it's right. not what I've done for years. I'm used to being entertained. That's right. Instead of entertaining myself. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So all good stuff. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to dive into what is, um, I-, I would say, probably the big issue uh, that men deal with, and that we all need encouragement in. And so, um, you're listening to a voice of hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with a voice of hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. I'm Chris Sasser, and we are having a conversation today around different issues, um, specifically that men face over the next number of months. We're going to be talking about um, issues that all of us face, issues that men face, issues that women face, but today specifically focusing on men's issues. And so, Troy, I know we're going to dive into one that um, is kind of probably at the crux of what a lot of men struggle with in different ways. So why don't you tell everybody, you already mentioned it earlier, about what it is. The issue is, uh, you know, purity. I know that this is, um, most of the people listening are probably um, already familiar with the word 
and see it regularly in a lot of their church life or experiences. And for some people, uh, you know, maybe they're not in or on this spiritual journey to the to the point of accepting fully uh, what purity actually means or understanding it. Um, but I kind of look at it even for the non-believer or the person that's searching for God. If they were to go and try to uh, begin working on sexual sins or issues that have uh, really gotten a hold of their life, they'll see that most of the programs uh, and treatment uh, for this issue has, is, has a spiritual component to it. And so I think it's a relevant issue that most men have to uh, struggle with and at some point embrace to find healthy and uh, purity to me is the picture of living from this place where something doesn't have a hold of me mm-hmm. and I'm able to live freely from it mm-hmm. and that that what I would call purity so uh, you've alluded to purity in kind of the sexual sense is that really the main way that men struggle with the idea of purity because there is purity in other other ways sure. other other areas of life right but is that the one that you feel like is kind of the the cornerstone of men's issues that's a really good point I, because I do believe that purity can represent other things other than uh, sexual issues but I think purity seems to be what I uh, experience most with with other men and the issues and the mm-hmm. struggles that they face. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So obviously this is an important issue. You talk to a lot of men about it in um, in your counseling, and and we just know that it's important. But but what, if you had to say why it's important for us to talk about this, what would you say? You know, the first thought that comes to my mind is that you know it's for the believer to really say, okay, why is this important? Um, and I think he's going to be experiencing some things personally that he could answer that pretty quickly because he doesn't want the life that perhaps it's offering to him. But what's really difficult to get in tune with is just that it's important to God. And so when I really try to measure up, okay, am I doing something because it's important to me or am I doing something because it's important to God? So much of what I do, even in trying to get rid of the things in my life, it's because it's important to me. Yeah. You know, so this whole idea of why, you know, so if I'm going to do this because it's important to God, how do I get my mind and my movement in life to even care about what God might think? Yeah. So I think first of all, we have to reckon with what's our motive here. Yeah. You know, and that makes me ask the question, okay, if, if, if I say I am following Christ and it matters to me what he thinks, then I've got to look and go, what does he think about? sexuality what does he think about purity yeah so yeah and, and and as you look at kind of what god thinks about it what are some scriptures that kind of come to mind for you that might be helpful for us to focus on for god did not call us to be impure but to live a life that's holy and to stay away from all sexual sin first thessalonians 4 3 so there's a there's a direct uh direction that god wants us to go with treating something that he created and there's no more powerful human drive uh, aside to eating than sex, our sex drive. Mm-hmm. And so this was good. This is good. And it was created by God. So we have to know, then what do I do with this? You know, this drive that's not bad, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. But I've got to put it in a place where, you know, it, it gives the goodness to me that it was created for. Yeah, and it feels like, um, especially men... Uh, have a hard time learning this at an early age again, because I wonder if it's something that we don't talk about 
a lot with with boys and and with young men because it's uncomfortable and because you know when, when you're in uh, middle school and high school who wants to talk to either their dad or their pastor or anything about the sexual d- desires and urges that you have and and um, like we even recently have been trying to talk more about stuff like that with you know mm-hmm. uh, students in our church just to say hey church is a safe place to yeah. have this conversation because if if you don't have the conversation it kind of goes underground right? right and you just sort of figure it out yourself you and it's it's crazy because if I could think of all the issues that I see uh, in counseling that, you know, men and women, if they had paid attention more so diligently from an early age to one topic in life that would have brought to their life uh, more blessings than I would call curses, it mm-hmm. would be to pay attention to their sexuality yeah. and what to do with it. Because you can go from, I mean, you, the, you can just imagine all of the things in life that we struggle with that are peripheral to where did it all start? Yeah. You know, and they, so much of it has to do with sexuality. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Any other scriptures come to mind for you with this? Uh, just uh, that our body is a temple. And when I think about our body being a temple in First Corinthians 6, you know, it's the question of, okay, what do you do inside of a temple? Mo- most of us think of a temple as the church building that we go to. Well, that changed once the New Testament came in. Once Jesus died on the cross, that temple Mm -hmm. is no longer made with human hands or structure or building. It's made right inside of this very soul that I possess. And so if my body is a temple, it has to ask the question and then answer, what do I put in this body? Mm -hmm. And so I know that can be literally consumption, uh, food and drink, and I struggle with that. (laughs) Or, (laughs) Or it could just be... You know, how, what's in my mind? How, how do I treat, you know, this body? Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. So uh, it's important to God. Um, what else? Uh, what, what's another reason why having this conversation is important? Another one I, I, I really think is important is some people would say, well, you know, well, let's just use the word sin. Some would say, well, sin is sin. It doesn't matter. You know, all sin is equal. And I would just say to that, that's, I would say, yes, all sin is equal in the sense of, you know, why Jesus died. But I would say not all sin has the same effect and consequence. In fact, I think Scripture teaches this in multiple uh, segments of the the Word. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And this is one of the things that I see and working with men is that, uh, and women, but with men is that, you know, it's, it's as if, well, I'm doing this, you know, it's just me, nobody else is involved. Let's say that they have, uh, you know, issues with pornography. But the issue is this, is that, is that sex was created in, we are to honor a temple. And so that means I'm responsible for this temple here. And so it does matter what goes in that temple. So the, the eyes of what I see and the experiences that I expose myself directly impact this body and impact me ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so first and foremost, I believe that this sin has an effect on a person who's committing the sin, not necessarily the person that they sin against. Mm-hmm. They are sinning and hurting themselves. And I don't think this is this is the message of shame on you. I think it's just it was a warning to God or from God to us to say, hey, you may think you're hurting no one here, 
but you're hurting someone here, someone that I love, and that's you. Yeah, and two things that makes me think of is number one is is a word that that we talked about on a previous episode that I cannot get out of my brain, but it's just baggage. I'm doing the project yeah. on yeah. kind of the emotional and spiritual and, and, and relational baggage that people have in life, and and it feels like this one creates a lot of baggage okay. for people that will have long term impacts yeah. on you emotionally and spiritually and and. Yeah. in a lot of different ways. And then the other thing that I think of, and maybe this is just the youth pastor and me, you know, mm-hmm. making things incredibly simple. Um, but when you were talking about kind of what you see in your eyes, I just remember years ago going to a camp uh, as the youth pastor and, uh, you know, the speaker who was a friend of mine who I just really <laughs> appreciated. But but the phrase he kind of gave middle school students was garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, I've heard that. And, and that's, that's just, it's just so true that, that whatever kind of the garbage that we put into our brains, yeah. specifically in this area of life, mm. yes, you're sinning against yourself, but yet that's mm. going to come out in some way, either in another relationship down the road or mm. in something that you say in a mindset of how you treat people. I mean, it, the, the right. garbage is going to come out if the garbage is going in, right? That's interesting, too, because when I think of just, okay, we could just take one of the, uh, uh, things that are considered like a sexual addiction or uh, sexual issue that's you know crazily rampant in our society it's the issue of of pornography and so if you just think of okay what is pornography and you can define it in different ways but we could say well what is wrong with looking at the naked body you know this after all was created by God and I would say, what makes it, quote, garbage, as you're talking about? Mm-hmm. So, because the body is not garbage. Right. right. But, but I think it goes to this point, okay, so the body is not garbage, and I'm viewing this, but what would make it cross the threshold to becoming something not good for me? When I look at a verse in Scripture that always stands out to me, it says, you know, it talks about men not lusting, you, would, uh, you know, to honor women and to look at women as either your mother or your sister. And so, you know, most people would step back and go, well, I would never lust after my mother or my sister. Mm -hmm. And why? Because I already know them in a relational context. I know my mother to be a person and my, my, my sister to be a person. And I think that references relationship. And so we cross that threshold, making them an object of physical attributes only. So we have brought it into a garbage pile. Yeah, that is so good. So good. Well, obviously, we're going to be talking about this topic for a number of different shows, just this idea of purity. And so we hope um, this conversation was helpful, and we would absolutely encourage you to join us next time as we dive into a lot more things when it comes to um, talking about purity. So thanks for listening this week to A Voice of Hope.